Well, there are several reasons why you should understand the basics of interior design. And they're kind of the same reasons you should understand the basics of as many things as possible. It's part, it's part of being a well-rounded individual. And the more, the more general information you have, it kind of, they overlap at times and you can apply them in different places. And most importantly, it doesn't take that much work to become very slightly above average in in lots of different topics it's probably the same reason a lot of you are interested in the trades even trades and that you aren't involved with day to day you might do your own home repairs or sprinklers or electrical work or whatever because you have a you know you're not a professional but you know more than the average joe and you can get a lot done with just that level and so to that point we're talking a little bit about interior design today this is something that I, I don't know much about, but I think I do know more than the average person, mostly because I've been aware of it for um, at least the last 10 years. When I was a kid, I definitely remember going in homes and buildings and model homes that had been well-designed, or at least somebody had put some effort into, it, effort into it, and I remember thinking, whoa, this is different. In the 90s, in fact, um, there were some colors that were really big, like dark red and forest green was really big for a while and also this peach color and my grandparents had this house that was like brand new it was absolutely beautiful just cutting edge in every way and i went in there the first time and it was peach from wall to wall to carpet to everything and at least that's what stood out it, it wasn't you know that extreme it was super beautiful and totally well designed in every way and it just made an impact on me like wow, this is not like any house I've ever been in. And I couldn't even put my finger on exactly why aside from that color. So um, that's the point of this little conversation today. And we're doing it a little different. I'm going to bring the guest in kind of at the very end. And it's only for a short um, time. I've got a couple other points that I'd like to make first. Now, a lot of design and interior design in the building world happens without a professional designer, but just by replication. Ali and I went to um, several Street of Dreams, which is a where there's a bunch of they're not model homes. They're either spec homes or custom homes where all of the design and the craftsmanship is kind of pushed to the highest level. And then you can tour the homes. It's amazing. If you ever have the chance or you see one in your town or even a few hours away, you have to go to it. It's just it'll really kind of expand your mind. And Ali and I went to that and came home and there was a lot of things we were able to just say like, oh, let's do that. We've seen that. And more importantly than specific, you know, individual features, just being in homes that are complete and where like the, the unity of the entire house kind of matches and everything ties together. You really got to experience that, um, for yourself by, by going through one of these homes. Now, I think that contractors and tradesmen, are in a little bit of a tough spot with interior design because it's just a guarantee that your customers are going to be asking you as the contractor for advice and uh, input on the choices they should make completely separate from craftsmanship and the quality of materials like a painter i'm sure a painter gets asked that like all the time when a when a client is thinking of painting a house like well what do you think and um, that's tough. And they might have a lot of good 
feedback on it. In fact, they, they certainly will. But it just puts them in a tough spot because what I've learned about design is how important, you know, the, the, the big picture is that the style of the whole house matches completely, even that the, you know, various rooms match completely. And then of course, um, and I'm, I'm really weak on this. My wife would tell you, but like white does not mean white. There's 199 different whites that are all can be quite different. And so, um, if you're a contractor, not only should you at least familiarize yourself with interior design in order to have better input, um, for your customers and your clients, but <laughs> almost, it almost feels like the more you become aware of it, the, the, the better you'll be, the, the, you'll be able to decline giving them uh, advice with more conviction. The safest and smartest thing is certainly to, I'm sure that you pros have learned to kind of not be involved in making some of those decisions, but you can steer them in directions and, and maybe even relay some of the aspects of this conversation and other ones about design so they can go find the answers for themselves. A couple more points before we bring our guests in. And the first one is just a story to illustrate some of this. When Allie and I first started remodeling homes and flipping them, I hired this shower um, setter, uh, tile setter to do the shower. And he came in with this, and I, I didn't have much idea for what particular tile or design or anything. And this guy came in and he knew exactly what to do. He's like, you need this tile here, and then you need a strip of glass squares right about head height wrapping around the um the perimeter well i i knew less about design then than i do now but even i knew right then like that is out of date by like six years already buddy and i kind of declined but i, I got the feeling from this guy that that was just the it was like the the pocket aces that he pulled out on every job and he's probably installed that same shower dozens of times maybe hundreds of times that's perfectly fine but again just don't don't assume that you know that design or layout can be applied in every room and every house um without fail consider you know maybe the room has different needs and that, that's what we'll talk about with caitlin when she gets in here now we don't have the opportunity to go to these street of dreams every day we have ali and i haven't been to one for it was probably seven or eight years ago. So it's kind of a, a rare thing when you can make it work. But Instagram and Pinterest and house, these places are full of photos. Photos are not the same as going in a house, in, in a house, but you should still be looking at them and paying attention. And just seeing the, the quality of, it's not the quality of work, it's, it's the design and the way these rooms work. It just feels like it's, it's, it's good, like, uh, programming and just general understanding of what people are doing out there. The other factor about this tile setter that should be mentioned is this guy must really personally have loved this shower and really felt like it looked great. And, and it did, but that it's easy for contractors and tradesmen to carry their preferences into some of these decisions. And it's, it makes sense to continue to get more information and more uh, it's like having a radio antenna up of what is happening in other people's job sites that maybe you've never seen before. So you don't just instinctually default to the same kind of thing, you know, pocket aces every time, or maybe it's more like pocket fours <laughs> if, if you're a designer, you're 
tried and true isn't all that great. The last point, and the last time I'll mention this poor tile guy that I'm picking on, is just to emphasize for you contractors and tradesmen, tradesmen, how much you don't want to be making these decisions for your clients. Um, the painter we used on the spec house was great at this because we were having not a hard time, but just trying to get a lot of feedback. And we asked him, what do you think? And he was just instantaneously like, uh, it's up to you. You know, he was wise. He wisely kept himself out of making that decision. Now, that's one way to do it. I do think, you know, especially general contractors should be paying attention to what is happening in the building world and other parts of the country. Instagram, house, Pinterest you can get a lot of really good, not just ideas, but like just see what other people are coming up with. And it's not other people, it's professional interior designers where instead of just looking at, you know, one uh, cabinet detail or one, you know, built-in that's really beautiful, some of those pictures will show you the entire room with furniture, everything in contact, uh, in context, and there's no reason why why a general contractor shouldn't have that as a regular kind of like continuing education, just um, coming into them. So add, add a couple of those accounts to your feed. Some of the ones that Allie and I have on our um, Insta on our, on the essential craftsman feed light and dwell. Uh, they're actually Oregon uh, local, local uh, team. Uh, the Fox group, Caitlin Wilson designs. And the other one is Amber interiors. And the, I guess the actual other one, is Iconic Design Build, who is our guest today, Caitlin Wolf. Caitlin is coming in here to just talk about some of these topics. If there's some redundancies from uh, my end, I apologize. This was a week ago or so. And since this discussion, I've been thinking about it, not quite nonstop, but a lot. And I've just been thinking about how design and this, it's really an art making these decisions and it's judgment calls. You know, there there is not one right way. If you're a if you're an electrician, you have a code book, and you know whether the job's done right because it's built to code. Like Larry Hahn would say, that's the code. Well, that there is no code with uh, with interior design. Now there are principles. You're you're paying attention to contrast and symmetry and rhythm and unity. And I don't know all of them, but they do have some general principles that that interior designers follow but again it's a subjective thing and her work is beautiful i'll add her to the list but let's bring caitlin in she knows what she's doing she's actually much more than just a designer she's a contractor they build homes and and i would say in this this you should you know this by now but just like everything else these designers have styles of their own and when you look at a whole portfolio the style kind of comes through and caitlin's is amazing you, you really need to see it. It's it's a lot more, I don't know exactly how to describe it. It, it. To me, it feels a little more masculine than some of the other ones that I see regularly. I just really like it. She's in Arizona too, so I really love the desert and appreciate the type of the design that complements the desert well. So big fan. With no further ado, let's bring in Caitlin Wolf from Iconic Design Build. There's some like trades, I'll say, or skills where you yeah. really can learn just like a few principles and then you can kind of like fake it or like skate along or get a decently long ways by just following these like basics. And for I'll give you an example. When I first started doing real estate, this realtor who was helping me, I was doing flips. She's like, what you got to do 
is when you're picking out all your hardware, always get the same color. And I was like, oh, okay. And so I, at the time, brush nickel at like low end homes was really popular. And so I just like locked in on that. And I was like, if it's metal, it has to be brushed nickel. And that was like this very simple thing that at and like I said, it, it worked fine. And, but then later in my life, I go to this house and it was so beautiful and every room had its own different hardware. And and so I was, I kind of learned right then, like, Oh, the pros can yeah. break break rules whenever. So my point, Caitlin, <laughs> can you, you? We got an audience of contractors and DIYers, weekend warriors, mostly men, who um, are not design experts. Are there are there some basics or some principles or some rules or some tips you can give uh, to help guys get more? I don't know. At least just understand design a little better. Yeah, I think um, there's so many different parts to it, and every project is different. Every client is different, every style. So, and I, some people maybe specialize more in a partic- one particular style, or maybe they do kind of an, an array of styles depending on the client or the home. Um, but I think in general, when looking at everything, I feel like the design principles that I pretty much follow in every space is balance. I think that that's like one of the biggest things and that maybe sounds general, but for example, like if we're doing I mean, more than likely, we're not going to do, let's say, one tile, let's just say in an, in an entire bathroom. So when I'm pulling in different tiles together, one might be you know, more of a grid pattern. And then the next one might be more of an organic, um, whether it's a terrazzo or a marble veining. And then that kind of complements the more gridded-like pattern. Because I, I feel like where people go wrong is they pick tiles that compete with each other. So like they'll do like a small grid on the floor and then a large grid on the wall, but now your eye is looking at all these lines. So I think lines is actually a huge one. I'm always looking at lines in a space. So like if, again, if one's more rigid, then I want the wall more soft. And so I think it's like looking at that balance. I think in terms of what you mentioned with hardware, we definitely use more than one in basically every space that we do, but we we're doing it intentionally. So you're not really going to want one piece in a space to just be that one finish. You're going to want it repeated at least one other time. Um, and we usually wouldn't go more than three. Um, but so let, let's say your hardware and your mirror are the same finish, but then your lighting and your plumbing are the same finish. So that's kind of a way that you can like mix it and also not condensing one finish into one area and the other finish into the other. You're kind of mixing it together. Um, going back to balance, I think mixing materials. So let's say, um, you have some metal, uh, metal finishes in there, which typically you always will. Um, if we want to go for something softer, then we'll bring in like something that's either like woven, like a natural material. Um, you know, there's so many different materials out there now with plaster or concrete. So looking at more out of the box ways to bring in texture with mirrors or lighting, or even like towel hooks, like just those small details, I think um, just so it's not all the, all the same. I think it brings just more of like a collected and curated and unexpected feel. So regarding balance, when I think of balance, I think of like a seesaw where there's two things and you mentioned <laughs> like, like a marble veining and grids, like those would not yeah. compete. Are, but there's a lot more than just those two choices in, in, textures let's say so do you does balance mean like kind of pick two and try to balance those two or are sometimes are there more than two items that you're in your mind kind of balancing so i think it's it's about i have a couple thoughts there so if you're doing a small space i think 
it's, it's all about like building off of something. So like typically you're always, you always know you want one particular thing included to start with the project. So like maybe it's a floor that you fell in love with, or your client falls in love with, or a particular wall tile or a particular mirror or light. Like there's usually something that starts the design of, or like an inspiration photo. Like, and I really love this, you know, gridded shower glass in this photo. Like there's usually something that you're like, okay, that, that for sure I need to include. So then I think, okay, what's the next element um, a large a visual element in the space. And then how do we balance it with that first element? So then, and then each piece you're like balancing with everything happening. So I feel like that's how my brain works when I'm doing a small space, when I'm doing like an entire home, I would say, um, starting with a clear vision up front or like a clear aesthetic is really important. Just having those conversations up front about, um, you know, of course people always have inspiration photos, uh, to start of just kind of like, Hey, this is what I'm thinking. But I think it needs to go a little bit deeper of just like, what is the what is the entire goal of the home? How do you want it to feel? Not just look, but how do you want it to feel? How do you want either whether it's buyers or your, or your client, like what's important to them? I think just figuring out the goals. And actually, I think a lot of times that those also can direct your decisions as well with design. Obviously, from a functionality standpoint, that's pretty straightforward. But even just like, you know, depending on the goal of the project, if it's someone's forever home versus if it's a flip, those are obviously going to be two totally different goals. So you're going to source different materials for those based on price range, based on durability, um, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. So there's so many factors that yeah. can come into play. Um, but I think that's what makes it fun. And that's how you can make every design different because you are taking into consideration all those things. Um, I've got this like, it's not a phobia, but mm -hmm. some somewhere along the way, I got really sensitive to like, things that are trendy and I, that that sounds like a pejorative like that's bad but in actuality like if i'm looking at pictures on instagram of like a a you know new design by somebody really popular mm -hmm. that in some ways would be it must be on trend but then i was thinking more about it and thinking well maybe that just for designers who are professionals they are probably helping set those trends and steer the whole uh design <laughs> that you know the everybody else is kind of following so yeah. That's my that's my question. Do you for people who are spending a lot of money to do something, often they want it to kind of feel fresh for as yeah. long as possible. And so you're kind of met with this challenge because you mm -hmm. see something new and it's like it's kind of new. You're like, "Whoa, that is amazing and cool." Some some aspect of that is because it's new and it's like the first time you're seeing it, which yeah. sometimes that might be the part that jumps out. Right. Really, really classic designs, is, I feel like, are maybe not all that often brand new. But mm -hmm. so can you give even for me in particular some or just talk about picking designs that are not going to be, you know, totally out of style in three years versus what makes the classics the classics or iconic, as you would say? Yeah. I think, um, yeah, so definitely as a designer, it's, you can see it in waves, like you can see it happen. So I feel like what everyone's doing now, like we started doing year, like a few years ago and no one was doing it. And then it's like, now it's become the mainstream and like the, the trend and I hate the word trend, but I think, um, yeah, we're always looking ahead and a lot of it is just where we get inspiration. So I personally try to um, stay off of social media for inspiration, just because I think you could get be clouded by just who your specific you know audience is. 
Mm. Um, but I think a really good place for inspiration is I think Pinterest is really great. We follow a lot of different um, firms like in Australia and Europe and you know London and, and we get at Paris, we get really beautiful inspiration from the from like architectural firms in those in those spaces. I think that that allows you to see things that maybe you're not used to seeing or not everybody is seeing. And then it allows you to kind of see things a little bit differently. So I think that's super important. I also think mm-hmm. um, almost like looking, a kind of going back to the goals of the project and looking at inspiration in that sense. And I know that's maybe like, it's, it's, it's kind of hard to explain, but let's just say you're in, you're in a home, you know, instead of going online and being like, this is really cool. I like this wall. Let's put this wall right here. I think it's like go in the home where this where this is going to happen and look around and does that does that make sense in that home or look around the home look around look what's outside the home what are you seeing outside the windows where what kind of architecture is the home and research that kind of architecture like I think it needs to go a little deeper and just like does it make sense you know and again I think that maybe that's hard for everyone to like even know they had to answer that, but that's obviously why there's designers you know, out there. Yeah. But I think it, it, it does, it does help to do that. And then I think if you are designing for like a, a homeowner or a client, um, you know, we're always asking them, where do they, where do they love to travel? Because a lot of times where they like to travel is where they feel the most relaxed. And obviously we want to feel relaxed at home. So like if somebody mm-hmm. loves to loves Thailand, then like, okay, they're probably going to want some of those influences in their home. Um, interesting. So I feel like it's, we have to just like get out of this tunnel of like, um, you know, does this, does this go with that? Does this go with that? I like this. Let's put it there. I like this. Let's put it there. And just like come up with a concept for the project, you know, and start and pull photos from places that you wouldn't just, you know, normally find and think about what's happening or who's, who's going to be living in this home and then come up with your concept in that way. And I think it allows you to just think more out of the box and, and just not, you know, maybe jump on the bandwagon of all the trends. Um, so of all the arts out there, let's say certainly like compared to music or comedy or, or, or cooking or something with design, it's amazing how clear the finished product can be for the lay person, because you can go online and see these beautiful pictures and basically yeah. just, you can put your finger right on it. That light fixture that wall, that yeah. tile. I mean, it's, it's not hidden. Like, you know, you can just see it like, wow, that's beautiful. And it, people can maybe a- attempt to recreate mm-hmm. or something. But my point is, I guess when you live in a, a community and you're, or you're a contractor, and you're doing work for clients and you're going in the same type of home yeah. regularly, that can be the entirety of what you see and understand mm-hmm. in terms of design. And it doesn't take a lot of effort to, especially with social media, um, to get some new images like mm-hmm. plugged into your head that maybe you wouldn't have had a chance to walk through those homes. But just having them pop up on your feed, if you're a tile setter, for example, it'd yeah. probably be smart to like uh, sign up for a few of these types of feeds just to get some new yeah. material rattling around in your head than just the whatever subdivision you're working on, like 400 showers in a row that are right. <laughs> all pretty close to the same. Right. With con- with certain contractors, like, we'll say painters, I mentioned a tile guy, mm-hmm. even landscapers. When a, when a homeowner is hiring that person, it's so easy. And that's like the first person they can ask, like, what do you think? You know, like a painter, what right. do you think I should? 
pick. And the, the wise contractors will say, they'll zip their lip and throw away the key. Yep. <laughs> but as the person maybe paying them like myself, I genuinely want to know because I'm like, you, you do this all the time. You've seen so many. So yeah. they're in a tough position because they are, the client often is wanting them to do your job or at least take a stab at it, but yeah. so dangerous. So what, yeah. what do you think these types of contractors, people should say in that situation? Maybe the budget doesn't allow for a designer or maybe yeah. it does. What, 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 what does it take to get some professional help for these people? Yeah, that's an interesting question. And I, I thought about that um, because so I'm also a general contractor. So we're an interior design firm and a contractor. And prior to me starting my own company, I worked for a general contractor. And so it was we were in that scenario all the time. Like we basically did free design, which mm. was crazy. Like we were doing drawing like it was it, it didn't make sense. Um, and I knew it, it didn't make sense. Like we should be charging for that. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's a big part is like um, like you said, like the, the client doesn't have a designer or they're not interested in hiring one or they don't have, they think it's too expensive. So, um, the contractor falls into designer role, but that's really not their, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a shame. They're going to spend so much time and it could be super frustrating with, with clients that are very indecisive. Um, so yeah, I think like exactly what you said, the wise ones will kind of be like, oh, I don't want to give my opinion. Mm -hmm. I think, I think it depends. Like if it's a small question that's a little bit easier to kind of like be like, okay, well, this is what I've seen, but you know, it's really, obviously it's really up to you. And so there's that, but then there, you know, if they're like, you know, we need to pick out everything for this remodel, then that's when you're like, well, you know, the only way I could do this is if you hire a designer, because I think that it's it just helps everybody in the process along the way. But um, I think, you know, a good response though, I think design is very subjective. So that's one thing. Like what I, what my opinion might, what I think looks beautiful and what my opinion is, somebody else might actually not like that and they might like it a different way. So that's, that's hard too, because you're, it's just, everybody's going to have a different opinion. That's, that's the other thing. Every trade you might say, like, you might ask everybody the same question on the job and everybody's going to have a different opinion because it's totally right. subjective. Everybody has a different personal style yes, or they yes. different things. So that's where it could get tricky too, is you, there's no like right or wrong, really. Um, it's more just like what, what is the, I think it's just, I go back to the goal. Like, do you want this to feel like super traditional? Do you want it to feel super minimal? Like, and then that kind of gets you to your answer. Mm -hmm. um, so if that helps. So maybe asking a question yeah. back would be nice. If you could be like, maybe give options. Like, well, one way is to do it like this if you like something that's more traditional or one way is to do it like this if you like something that's more contemporary. And so maybe giving like two options and then letting them say like, oh, well, I yeah. like I want more minimal. So that makes more sense. You know, um, I if I was in those shoes, I would the thing you started off the conversation with about competing patterns as an example would be a really great um, yeah. point to share. You could say, well, I've heard let's yeah. not let's not do, you know whatever uh subway here and here and here because there's three yeah. different grids and so whatever you choose i would recommend you know maybe something along those lines or yeah and and it's i don't know it's easy to be bold when you are like looking at pictures you know and when they get in the room especially like a big shower or mm -hmm. or something all of a sudden it can be like whoa in fact to i know with designers um there's a lot of not quite trial and error but where you're kind of getting samples and 
really looking at them on a table and, and stacking them up. So to, to what extent is like that sort of testing or okay. trial and error a, a part of design or are you and your team able to more or less kind of create it, you know, in your head and just off of swatches sort of, or how does that actually work? Yeah. So every firm is different. Um, we do everything. We do 3D renderings of everything that we design. So that's really nice. I mean, I feel like before I start the renderings, I'm already kind of thinking in my brain, like, okay, what's going to look nice. And I, I can kind of visualize the space already in my head, but obviously that I can't translate it to a, a client just in my head. So um, or the subcontractors. So basically I kind of start thinking about it in my head. I'll order maybe some samples of like particular things for that client. Um, and then I kind of pull some maybe samples from our own library of samples that we have from previous projects. So then I can kind of pull some, some ideas together. And then I basically start plugging them into the 3d renderings. Um, and so I'll try different things and obviously those are super visual. So I could try a certain tile pattern and be like, well, that's too much. Let me change that. Or let me try it on one wall or let me try it on two walls. And so the rendering, the, the 3d renderings are just so, so great for that. And then obviously we can tweak everything to get it to a point that we have the design done and then we present it to the client done. So mm-hmm. we're kind of doing a lot of our trial and error in the renderings, which again, I think it's, it's really nice to do. I, I, when I first started, we were just basically doing like 2d elevations essentially just for like measurements. So we didn't really have yeah. those, those visuals. Um, and I think, I think it does make it harder. I think the, having those renderings, you can actually really visualize what the space would look like. And you can also start to troubleshoot things that you might not have thought, you know, you might run into. So you'll be in the rendering and be like, oh, we're going to need, you know, an edge detail for this tile because, you know, we want to finish it off this way or we we want to add a shampoo niche. And so you're thinking about those things ahead of time instead of buying the tile, it's installed. And then you're like, oh, we don't have an edge detail and there's like nothing that's going to look good. And now you have this mm-hmm. crappy edge and it's ruined the tile. So <laughs> yeah. uh, it's it helps in a lot of ways. Um, going through your website and your Instagram feed, the the photos and the images are so beautiful. And I, I don't I wouldn't know how to describe this the style or the aesthetic or the brand that you guys have in your design. So I'm sure you do this a lot, but do it for my audience. How, what type yeah. of design style um, do you guys bring to your clients? Yeah. I mean, we're in Arizona, we're in the desert. We're very inspired by the desert. Um, although we do have clients pretty much all over the country. Um, so for us, we definitely fall. I mean, there's so many categories of design styles as well. So like, I think people also try to just put themselves in a bucket, like, traditional, modern, you know, whatever. So I think in terms of the general buckets, we're definitely on the modern side, um, but we love texture and we love warmth. So I think um, a a kind of general term we call is like cozy modern. Um, But then to get more specific, it just depends on the project that it is and our client. And so we can take that and we can make it, you know, super masculine and industrial and kind of sleek. We can make it more, you know, mid-century modern. We can make it more, um, you know, natural kind of Scandinavian. Um, yeah, so it can kind of fall in any of those realms. We're, we're inspired by nature. We're inspired by clean lines and simple lighting and natural materials. Um, and then that's, but overall, the space is pretty minimal, pretty modern. Um, and then just depending on the client, we can kind of go into some of those different avenues. Um, sometimes we're using more color than others for clients. Sometimes it's more a lot of white. Sometimes it's more moody, more black. So, um, but it's definitely kind of in that realm of the 
Scandinavian modern desert. That's great. So if I was a designer, I just know, or let's say not houses, but I don't know if I was like clothes or cars or something like 90% of, or at least half of what I designed would be blue. Cause I love that color. It, for whatever reasons, I was a kid, like this bright blue color. Yeah. Do, do you have, do designers bring like their favorites to the job that like, they just can't help, but like, I got I just can't, I love it. That's like you said, it is subjective. Does that happen? Or are you able to kind of just love whatever color you you need at that point? Or, or do you bring like your, your loaded kind of favorites in, they just smuggle in, you can't help it. Yeah. Um, I mean, when you design like a ton of spaces, there's going to be some, uh, fluidity between them. So like mm-hmm. there's some particular, let's say light fixtures, they're super simple. So it, it might not be something you would notice that you see us using all the time. Cause it's maybe just more of like a staple piece. If it's like a super unique um, piece that you know, like it's whether it's a tile, a hard surface or um, a light fixture or something, I don't want to use it more than once because I don't like having that feature multiple times. Mm-hmm. Um, so more usually more if it's like a, something more plain or simple or like a particular cabinet hardware that we love, like we'll we'll kind of repeat those specific things. Um, in terms of colors, I think there's there is. Uh, between projects, there's definitely some specific colors that I love. And I, but I also think it changes for me over time. Like I think a year ago, like the colors I was leaning towards were a little bit different than now. Mm. Um, so I think it has evolved a little bit over time, but I, I think we just, we get so much inspiration from our clients too, that there is still enough difference between them. Um, so, but that's what I, I hear a lot with our lighting selections. Um, and I think just like our surf, like the types of materials that we use, those are kind of the two constants that people recognize with our work. Yeah, that makes sense. Because if a client comes and they're like, oh, I really love this whatever sagey green color, you could be like, okay, good to yeah. know. Then I'll put that like in the, you know, exactly. first, first chair. Um, and, oh, and then about, it, it makes sense that a style or aesthetic would come through over time. And mm-hmm. that's in some cases precisely why people might hire a particular designer because mm-hmm. it's for that exact thing. They're like, like I look at this whole feed, I yeah. love all of it. And so they compare that to another one. Maybe you can't put your finger on the exact item that makes it different, but it's the the general aesthetic. Well, Caitlin, yeah. this is super helpful. And I hope for the contractors listening, um, there's something in here. I'm sure there is some contractors and some tradesmen, you know, electricians or plumbers, they don't have to deal with this. Luckily, at least if they're doing the rough work. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think most people, it does come up like, like yourself, you know, you, you obviously have found the design and the build to be so, mm-hmm. uh, connected that you've yeah. had to bring them into your business together. So it's like it or not, it is like two sides of the same coin. And so mm-hmm. it's, it, it makes sense for builders, tradesmen to at least understand the rules of the game and understand, you know, how, how a professional might do it. Even we wouldn't, I would never, you know, le- let the pros do their, do, do the thing they're professional at, but you gotta at least understand it. So, um, yeah. I'll, I'll leave, uh, um, links to your social media. Cause I really want people to click it on your Instagram feed and your website. The photos are so beautiful and the, and it's so, I don't know. You just have to kind of see it to understand. Iconic would be the word. They're just really mm-hmm. classic, really beautiful designs. So any last minute tips for any people or anything you're working on right now that we should keep a lookout for that you're excited about or anything to leave the audience with here? Hmm. 
Hmm, that's a good one. Um, well, we're moving into a new office. That's some. Oh, geez. News. We're moving. Oh, wow. We just started a build out for a new five thousand square foot office. Oh. So yeah, our team's oh, growing, wow. and um, we're really excited. We're building out this beautiful, you know, kitchen, and it's going to have an amazing library. And we're going to have you know dedicated parts to the construction side of the business, and then the design. So um, that's that's as oh, of last gosh. week. So that's probably our latest big news. And you're probably, I don't know if the design for all that is done, but I, I could imagine being quite excited to do all the design on that. On that yeah, office. I spent like probably two weekends of not sleeping just doing it because we're under construction already. I don't have any time. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Well, this is really amazing. You you are really getting it done. And this is a, a quite impressive uh, amount of projects and work you've got done. Like I said, your portfolio online is really beautiful. And especially with the new office space, um, that's kind of like, it's kind of like getting tools where yeah. now that now that you have the tools, yep. you're like, wait till you, if you like that, wait till you see what we can do now that we have 5,000 yeah. <laughs> square feet. So yeah, we will, uh, we'll keep track, share some pictures of that. I'm sure you will. We'll love to see it. Yeah. And uh, thank you so much for taking the time. So we'll link to your Instagram and your website. Is there anywhere else people should go if they want to learn more? Um, that's it. Website and Instagram. All right, Caitlin, have a great day. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.